and welcome back to Turf Talk. Back into the weekly episodes after Christmas. I'm Lewis Tomlinson, sat next to me. As per usual, is the happy man that is James Watson. He's smiling today for once. I am. I am having a really good mood today and hoping that we can try and pick some winners for you for this Saturday. And a decent card. Me and Tom are both going to Haydock this weekend. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. A really nice cards in prospect, both at Ascot as well. So, yeah, can't yeah. wait. We'll see how long Jim's good moves last. I might even mention Manella Rocco on purpose to wind him up. I'm already miserable. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll be talking about this weekend's coming action, as we said, at Ascot and Haydock, and also having a review of what was a really, really good card at Warwick, as well as some of the action from Kempton we saw last weekend. We'll get straight into that now. Sam Worley Cohen, an impulsive star. James Bowen and Caleb Mad. Cross Park is in third. Impulsive star is pulling it out here. The bottom weight for Neil Mulholland. And Sam Worley Cohen, impulsive star, won the McCoy Contractors Classic. And, well, the place I think we're going to start is at Warwick and in the Hampton Court, obviously, Chase. Cracking little field, these four horses who didn't appear to have very much between them on paper. And if I'm honest, Jim this is the novice chasing performance that I've been most impressed with so far this year. Yeah, I, I can sort of see where you're coming from there. OK, Corral was very, very impressive in dispatching what I thought was a very classy field. Uh, I was on Rocky's treasure because I've been really impressed with him this season and he was fourth and five coming into this race, And but his jumping just let him down. Interesting that OK Corral was ridden by Derek O'Connor and... That's obvious intentions, isn't it? Yeah, he's a short price favourite now, four to one, for the four miler at Cheltenham, which I think is still quite value. It's a fair bit of value there. See, I know it's a short, mm. a short price in a in a, a long distance race. Obviously, there'll be horses who are probably slightly who we've not seen as much from yet, but with the potential, like OK Corral, but Jesus, this impressed me so much. It, it I'd was, have him as an RSA horse. So was I. I, I I'm in the same boat here. He's, he's not for the four-miler for me. I think he's full of class. He's got. It's quite clear he's got speed because he's won round Warwick, and it's a sharp test there, and I think he could go from strength to strength, and I do think the RSA would suit him be- better than the four-miler. I'd be happy to back him in either. I've, I, I think he shapes, like I say, I tweeted straight after he wins the Grand National in 2020. I, and I think I'm quite often guilty of not being a Grand National obsessive, which I am, but almost slightly overestimating big units of horses. Yeah. If you know what I mean, you almost get the feeling that if you look at them physically, that sometimes is more, more to come. Before this with OK Corral... I thought his jumping on his debut was sketchy, I thought. Yeah. I, I thought it wasn't as good as it could have been, the, but it, he got the job done, didn't th- he? Th- that's why I thought, because there's a lot of him, and it, I, I, I thought on his debut he kind of found it a little bit hard to get all of him from one side to another cleanly all the time. Mm-hmm. He was impeccable today. Uh, Absolutely impeccable. And also the run of Secret Investor, I thought he ran a really good race. He looked, he was banging contention going down to the last and then he just made a quite a major error and only got beat six lengths in the end. But I, I think the four-miler would suit him perfectly. I think step up in distance, I think he's a stower stayer. 
And yeah, I, 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 I what? Stour? Not oh, wrong word. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I do think that this race could come out to be decent form in a couple of months' time because Rocky's Treasure was second behind Santini, and we all know about Santini. Yeah, consistent Rocky's Treasure, but he's he's been a busy boy this year. Yeah, hasn't he? yeah, I think I just think his jumping let him down. I, I think they tried to be over aggressive with him this time because they knew that. He can win a race from the front at Warwick, and I think they tried too hard to win it early on, and he sort of used up all his energy. If he if he'd run anything like his Doncaster run, I think he would have probably finished closer to OK Corral, but I don't think he would have been. Yeah, I'd 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 agree with that, Jim. But I can't stress enough how much I like this from OK Corral. You're you're just a big fan of these big staying chases that stay all day and see the future in. I, I, I am, but I wouldn't be surprised if this ended up being a gold cup horse. Yeah, I can, I can see where you're going from. I do think he has the class. It's 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 almost the 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 impression that makes Xavier. I mean, I'm not I'm not obviously this hasn't gone to plan because I'm going to say the last horse who I remember doing something that impressed me that much were American when he beat Rockley Casbar uh, at uh, Utoxeter. Yeah, at Utoxeter. This game is similar vibes to that, even though it wasn't. And out and out, you know, I think he won by 23 lengths or something like that, the mm. American. This reminded me almost physically because he's a big unit mm. as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they're the same age. I don't know how old American is, but OK Corral's nine. You know, he's gone chasing very, very late in his life. But he's, he's, a, he's, a, comp- I say, he's a big, still raw thing. They're both nine-year-olds, They're yeah. both nine, yeah. You know, I knew I'd have it in the back of my mind somewhere. But, yeah, look. Whether he turns up in the four-mile of the RSA at the festival, say the booking of Derek O'Connor suggests the four-mile for yeah. which he's favourite. Which is it was the original plan, but then if I'm racing TV after the race, uh, they caught up with Nicky Henderson, who was watching it on a screen from Kempton, and he said, well, the original plan's that, but we could always go for the RSA. And, yeah, in my opinion, I'd go for the RSA because I think he's all class. Yeah, I, I, I like him. I'll, I'll probably be on him. In either race, yeah, no matter if what I'm race honest. Is, yeah, then you'll back him. really, really like him. Uh, another horse who I'm a massive fan of, and I think really could be a little bit of a monster, if I'm honest, Jim, is Dan Skelton's Beakstown, who won the Leamington Novice Hurdle, which has a cracking roll of honour to it. You know, there's been some good horses winning that in the past. The new one will be caught, as we've said. Mr. Whipped won last year in Paisley Park, was back behind, so the form's. Of this race, he's Ten, there. Tends to throw up a good one. And uh, Beakstown, very much so like OK Corral, is a proper unit, isn't he? He's mm. a giant animal. You, he is. I, I hate using this term, and I've used it twice in two podcasts, but he's a chaser in the making. Oh, properly. He's, he's built like an absolute boy. Yeah. Like, he could dominate over fences no matter what. And he, I, I think Harry Skelton gave this horse a really good ride the other day. He got the fractions perfect up front and rode it to perfection. And, yeah, I was slightly disappointed that Birchdale uh, was withdrawn in the morning because I, I did think he had a big chance in the race. Uh, but he obviously had a slight niggle, so didn't run. But the the form of this race, I think, is quite strong because I, I've been a big fan of Tidal Floor this season. Disappointed. I, would, I was very disappointed. He ran like a Philip Hobbs horse from last year rather yeah. than this year. It was like someone had just halted him completely because his win last time at Newbury when beating Downtown Getaway who is a m- big purchase from 
Ireland for Nicky Henderson. I th- I thought Downtown Getaway is a decent horse, and sadly Tidal Floor didn't perform on this day. But I I, d- I think there's plenty more to come to him. I did quite fancy Tidal Floor for the Albert Bartlett at Cheltenham, but I d- I d- I'm not I'm unsure now. Is that where you'd go with Beakstown, no. or would you go for the Ballymore? I'd go Ballymore. I, I think two and a half would suit him better, personally, because uh, he's he's quite obviously got the speed. Uh, to run over too far because he's run round sharp track like Warwick uh, but he has got to beat Champ and Battle Over Doyen and in my opinion Battle Over Doyen's better than him so for me if it, I'd personally go for the Ballymore but I don't think he'd beat Battle Over Doyen he's, he's the one for me he is probably the one for me over the three. And don't remember, I, I really like Battle of Land and I really like Champ. The impression this horse gave, the gears and the turn of foot on the bench ground, he put the race to bed in a matter of strides mm-hmm. for me. The winning distance has ended up being three and a half lengths, but I've got the feeling it was probably a little bit more comfortable than that. Yeah, and also uh, Dan Skelton said straight after the race is that the owners said... I. If everything goes wrong this season, just make him into a nice chaser and we want to win it. And it's not like he cost a few bob because I've heard that he's cost in the the regions of £300,000 and I don't think they'll want to hang around with him this season. Yeah, I mean, he was, he's was he been beaten already over hurdles yeah, by a horse called Ask Ben, trained by Graham McPherson. Yeah, but what, what Dan Skelton also said after the race is he tried, he tried to run his horse... He, he thought his horse would need another run before he went for this was his main target and he, he ran him too close to each other and then he, he just blew out that day and just got beat sadly by a fitter and he had, he said that Beakstown was probably 75% fit that day right so he, he had worth valid, forgiving worth forgiving I mean obviously it, it would have been worth forgiving because he's come out and won a grade 2 novice hurdle which is for me as almost as good as the race we've seen in an obvious hurdle we've seen in Britain this season. I think Stony Mountain's form is pretty strong. You know, I, I mean, second I, to do Pretender, and also he beat I I Charlie, who's well, we could say I we slag I I Charlie off. But he's he's he, you but, know he's 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 a decent enough horse. Yeah, he just struggles to win sometimes, and yeah, he's pretty good. Finn on Bourne ran a decent race for Ollie Murphy. Stayed on well from the rear. Uh, looks looks like a for a stay of that racehorse. For me, and also if you look at the Rock Point, he won the Grade Two Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle trial at Cheltenham, and so he's a Grade Two winner. So the forms in that race to be quite strong, I think. Yeah, yeah, but Beakstown Horse, I think we're me, me and you both quite keen on. Probably myself a little bit more in the meantime, but as a long-term prospect, you big fan, Jim. Yeah, uh, over the fence, over fences, he'll be ten times better, I think. Now speaking of. Races over fences, the classic chase. I've got to say, well done to Warwick for getting this field assembled, because the the classic chase is a race that sometimes is a little bit closer to the Ida in mm-hmm. terms of quality, you know, mm. or a Borders National. This was a this was a Hennessy lineup. Yeah, this was a this really was good a really really top quality field of staying chase. It was really strong, a twelve strong field, and Impulsive Star was given a peach by Sam Willie Cohen. I think I thought he rode it really well, and obvious 
with previous winners, one for Arthur, that this race could suit a Grand National for Impulsive Star. I mean, you'd have to think that, wouldn't it, with Samuel the Cohen? He's got I'm such not... a good record around there, hasn't he? I'm not sure whether that's still the plan this season because he's still a novice. He's a second season novice. I mean, the win in the Classic Chase at the weekend was his first victory over fences. Fourth in the four-miler last season. And also, previous in the season, he was second behind OK Corral at Plumpton. So, yeah, he's got very strong form there. Yeah, fourth in the four-miler last year. That's the target again this season. What would your thoughts be for him? I mean, if OK Corral turns up does he have Impulsive Star's number already? Well, but does, to... the, does the Bailey Cohen horse have more to come? I, I, I'm not quite sure because it depends what the weights come out as. And well, it's, it's not it's a hand, it's a level weights oh, race now, isn't it? Oh yes. So well, I'd still see OK Corral coming out on top over him and um, Impulsive Star for the national. Yeah, cause I, I was reading a cracking tweet about someone who'd put Impulsive Star up, and he, he he'd said basically. He finished however many lengths beaten he did in the four-miler. But if the race was a handicap, as the Classic is, he'd have been getting almost £18 off a mall, like Raf Vinden, Miss Parfoir, and yeah. Sizing Tennessee was the third one home, wasn't he? Yeah. And he, he put Impulsive Star up. I think it was one of the rating, uh, rating the races yeah. accounts that did it. But, yeah, cracking shout from them. Callit Mad's developing into a proper, proper useful You're stream chaser. You're a massive chaser. fan of him, aren't you? I don't see why there's any reason not to be, if I'm honest. You know, the, every single run this season, Second in the, the season National, in the season it? proper, has been solid, and he's taken a step forward. I thought he was older than seven. <laughs> if, 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 feel, if, I feel like he's been around for a yeah. long period of time. Yeah, you know what I mean? If you'd have asked me before the race how old Khalid Mad was, I'd have, I'd have probably said nine or ten. Yeah. It feels like he's been around for ages, only seven, and he's the sort of horse who will one day develop into a Grand National type, whether it's this year or next year. You know, you, you can properly see that. He's, he's a Nigel Twiston Davis horse, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, he, he's he's a sort of man who who has darts at the Grand National. You know, he's, he's, no, he, he doesn't no. take as much of a cautious approach as other trainers do. He's ran Van King Blonde in it twice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I like Callity Mad, and he, I mean, the Grand National entries will be a week or two, yeah, surely now. Can't be far away now. And I know there's an, another horse you're quite a big fan of, Carol's Destrier. Yeah, he's another one who, for me, has looked like a long, has looked like a Grand National horse for about the past three or four years. You know, he's, this, he's got strong form to his name. You know, at times he was second in a Hennessy a mm. few years ago, wasn't he? Yeah. And stayed on well again, probably lost a little bit of zip nowadays, but back to form and winning the Mandarin at Newbury. And he ran a perfectly fine race for this in fourth, as did Ultra Gold. Yeah, Ultra Gold's run perfectly acceptable here, I think. Who will be in the National, surely, this season? Do you think? I mean, they're campaigning him like they're gonna. Yeah, they are, but I'd Should... rather win three, me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But sh- I mean, if if you're Ultra Gold's owners, he's eleven now. Mm. Why not have a crack at it? The horse is running well. We know he love. We know he loves it round Aintree. And you know what? He stays better than we thought he did. Yeah. He stays better than we thought he did. I, I'm not. I'm not coming out saying I think Ultra Gold's going to win the Grand National because I don't. I don't think he'll be placed in it. Mm. But yeah, look. 
fair play to the owners and Colin Tizard for actually giving him a proper campaign and we're getting the information that he, he's a stronger stayer than before is like always remember always waning yeah who won the top and three times mm. he he ran in the national when it when I think when he was 11 as well yeah and we didn't have as much evidence to go on as to whether always waning stayed you know what I mean with ultra gold we now know he's a, he's a fairly strong stayer not an out and out four miler but he ran well in the beach and he's ran well in this and yeah, fair play for giving him a proper campaign to the Tizards. I, re- I, I rate that. I really do. Uh, Jim stepped back as well. I thought I, ran a I good race. Him. I backed him and I thought he's got a cracking chance and then he just seemed to wean off slightly. I, I think uh, the pace was very hot in this race, I think, and I think he just got caught up with the, the lead protagonist uh, in Cogri because Cogri finished well behind well back and yeah I was slightly I was slightly disappointed with him because I, I really did fancy him I'd take positives for this but he has run a good race not you know he, he, he helped to enforce the pace and in terms of what this does for his Grand National credentials I don't think it nullifies them at yeah, all yeah I agree I don't think it nullifies them at all uh, we'll move over to Kempton now and the little legend that is top notch, back to winning ways. What a star! Such a cracking horse, isn't he? Uh, over hurdles and over fences, and he's as Daryl Jacob said after the race. He said, as soon as he retires, I'm taking him home because he's, he's sort of he's made Daryl Jacob get the uh, Maneer and Sway job, in my opinion. And he, he he ran a cracking race in beating what I think was quite a good field, to be honest. Uh, Black Corton as Ran a funny sort of race, but absolutely rattled home. Over an inadequate distance. He's a cracky little horse, he's black caught. The, the, the first two home are both absolutely, absolute little stars. Mm. Why The sort of horses that make people love the game. Top notch, prob- probably even over an inadequate distance for black Horton. Probably more of a bona fide grade one performer yeah. than Black Horton is. What, what would you make of his chances in the Ryanair, which will be the target for top notch? Mm, well, you've got the Willie Mullins sort of bingo Who goes, yeah. to to try and guess on. So I I'm big fan. I'm a big fan of Min, and if Min goes for the Ryanair, I, I think he'll be hard to beat. I think he will this season, me. I think Min. I think Min and Undersaw will both run in the Ryanair. Yeah. Uh, well, well, we might they? Because we've the great, way... great fields now being injured. Does that now make it easier for him to go? One will run in the champion chase and one will run in the Ryanair. But then he's also got foot pad as well, so he's got foot pad and so and Min. Yeah, and Min, Min's always going to avoid Altior because he said that he's sick of losing to Altior. Yeah. So, I, in my opinion, Min will, Min's a definite to go for the Ryanair. Right. And so he, you think he'll beat I, top notch? And I think Min will beat top notch. I think top notch will be a close second, but I think Min, Min will win. Do you think top notch? Do you think they both beat Undersoul? Yeah, over two five. Over two five. Really? Yeah, because I'm, I I know Undersaw's runs are better if the ground's soft, but I, I think the ground will be the way we've had the uh, winter this season. The the ground's been good major majoritily throughout the season. So I, yeah, as much as I love Undersaw and he's a cracking horse, I, I I do think Top Notch and Min would beat him. Uh, I, I can't have that Undersaw still the one to beat for me in, in the Ryanair in, in the Ryanair yeah in the Ryanair and we'll just give a quick mention to Big Time Dancer Wonderland Zerotti for John Joe O'Neill Jr giving him 
his biggest win as a jockey. What did you make of this performance, James? Very unexpected. I, I didn't have a absolute scooby who was even in the race, to be honest. I backed Solomon Gray. I was counting my money coming round the bend. And yes, uh, his, his win at Doncaster, he beat Higgs by 10 lengths previous to this. And there's a bit of a theme evolving in the Lanzarote hurdle over the last couple of years with uh, cl- uh, good claimers winning the race. So I think it's five out of the six years now that a claimer has won this race. So there was Harry Derham right. riding Safford T for two Lizzie Kelly. Kelly yeah. And and there's a there's a bit of a pattern evolving now. And yeah, good jockeys, continu- good yeah. jockeys who have turned out to be claimers. And I, I do think John Joe O'Neill is junior is one hell of a jockey to look forward to and I think he could be a ride at the top level for quite a few years now. Yeah, good shout that Jimbo really good shout uh, we'll also give a quick mention as well to Glenn Rocco who made a mockery of his mark in the in the handicap chase over three miles, I remember Jeremy Kyle has a uh, part owns this horse and I remember him saying uh, must have been when he was on the final furlong podcast yeah, the surprise appearance w- w- yeah, was, w- was that he fought Glenn Rocco. He's a grand national. Was a bit of a, a, a bit of a, not quite a monster, but you know the, the sort of horse Held who should be winning. Regard. Yeah, who yeah. should be winning good races, and he's won this off a mark of, uh, one three seven. Uh, I, I remember him running in that very very strange race at Sandown, won by a Warthog. Yeah, and he, he he quite caught the eye there as well. Uh, they reckon top him this season for Glenn Rocco. Yeah. Dropping back down in trip, but the long-term aim is the Grand National for him. And you can see him making up into a suitable candidate for it, really. Yeah, next we could have a match bet next year for next year's Grand National. Uh, OK Corral OK against. Corral versus Glen Rocco. And I'd quite happily put my flag in Glen Rocco's camp because I do think the form that he has is is very, very good. And because he's trained by Nick Gifford, who... He's not as well. Well, he has, he's had great horses in his time, and has currently got. Also, did they leave you out too? I, I do think that he is underrated as a trainer, and he was underrated in the betting here. To be honest, three to one, you could have got him in the morning, and I thought he was an absolute certainty, and he won decisively. And James Davis got off and said he'll definitely stay three and a half, four miles, which is an absolute massive positive. Yeah. Uh, also, probably worth mentioning. Josses Hill still can't jump. That's only the second time in his career he's fallen, though. I've not a clue how that's not more at all. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was surprised at that. I was, I was looking for it. I think, again, let, let's prove the point. Josses Hill can't jump. Let's see how many times he's fallen in his career. It's only twice. But, but he completely he took hairy moment Barney Dwan out the race completely, I thought, uh, nearly almost brought him to a stop. And I thought Barney Dwan ran a really good race. I know he was beating 33 lengths in third, but uh, he did get taken to a standstill when uh, Jossie's Hill went down. Yes, I think Barney Don suited by the step up in trip, really. Yeah. He was campaigned as you know, a three miler as a hurdler. He? Did, he, did he run in the attempts? Uh, I, I think. Yeah, he did. He finished second in the attempts mm. to a presenting Perse. Yeah. You know, and uh, he's, he's primarily being campaigned. Around two and a half mm. as a chaser. I remember I backed him in the Close Brothers last season. Last time at air, that was over two, three. Step back up to three miles, really suited Barney Dwan. And he's, he's a horse he's consistent. I, I quite he, like. He's, con- he's consistent and he runs week in, week out and he's always there or thereabouts. Yeah, 
yeah, good. Also, I think that's it for this weekend. Uh, we'll give Winter Escape a little mention who won a grade three quite well in Ireland at the weekend as good well. Training performance that for, off Alan King it used to be with Alan King. Yeah, Joseph. Joseph trains in now. No, it's in Anthony Howard, I think. So yeah, I, I, he's done a really good job there beating a Plutard and Jets. Jim Watson saying, I think that like he's not literally just got the trainer's name up on his racing post app. <laughs> well done, Jimbo. But well done. I've, I've, I've got to be honest, I don't know where Anthony Howard is. I've never heard of him. No. But fair play to him. Winter Escape's done that well. And looks, he looked like a useful horse when he were a hurdler. Still looks like a horse with more to come as a novice chaser. Is that everything wrapped up for this week? I think so. Last Let's weekend? look forward to this weekend. Ascot and Haydock. Right, we're going to start with Haydock Park, the racing there at the weekend. And the first race we're going to look at is the Skybret Supreme Trial. This one's kept its registered name. It's the Rossington Main. It's the Skybret Supreme Rossington Main Novices Hurdle. You're happy now? Yeah. Yeah. Thank God they've kept its registered name in there. Well done uh, to Skybet for that. Angel's Breath heads a bit in at uh, a shade of odds on, four to five. Uh, with me, I'm looking at Hill's odds. Uh, Mr. Fisher falls, Thomas Darby falls, bright forecast. Was he not eye catcher of the week a few weeks ago? He was a few weeks ago. Five to one, and twelve's a remainder. They're five, well, four, very, very decent novices. I, I'm. I, this is one of the races of the weekend. I genuinely can't wait to be there and watch it. I, I, I was a massive fan of Angel's Breath at Ascot last time. I, I thought he beat Danny Kerwin, who's known for being a, a very nice Hell, prospect. Highly regarded. Highly regarded, and he demolished him, I thought, and although he only jumped four hurdles, that's a slight downer. But, yeah, I, I do I do think Angel's Breath could be a serious contender in the Supreme at Cheltenham. Uh, Mr Fisher and Thomas Darby raced against each other last time, and we've talked about Thomas Darby for since he won that novice at Cheltenham. Peter Lixier de Nuts. And yeah, who I really... In- like and I do think that Thomas Darby could probably reverse the form of Mr. Fisher this time round. They're both they're both really, really the useful novices. Mr. Fisher was a good bumper horse as well, running the running the big one at Aintree. Thomas Darby's better off at the weights though here today. Uh he he was giving Mr. Fisher five pound last time and he's now getting three pound off him. So I I, I think Thomas Darby is 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 that? Do you reckon that's silly enough? It's five lengths. He's got to make up. I think that's plenty. I don't think Thomas Darby was just right last time. He would never seem to be travelling or going that well, to be honest. And I, I do think Thomas Darby will have the beating of Mr. Fisher, but Angel's Breath could be some horse and an absolute monster. Bright forecast, horse. I've been quite keen on since I saw him win that competitive maiden at Newbury uh, on the day before. The Ladbrokes Trophy. <laughs> um, he's gone out and since won probably a slightly easier assignment up at Leicester. But I'd love him for this. It's been a torrid week for Ben Pauling. Yeah. A torrid season for Ben Pauling through no fault of his own whatsoever. And I'd, I'd absolutely love for Bright Forecast to give Ben Pauling a bit of a poignant 
success and almost have the horse there to fill uh, the, the shoes of Willoughby Court and, you, you could, and Barters Hill. You could sort of knock his form slightly a bit because I thought the, the win when winning at Newbury was very strong but Severano's come out and been beat at very short odds at Chepstow. Dashiell Drasher has come out and won decisively but other than that there's nothing else in this race that's really come out strong. Bridge of Guards ran the other week and uh, the other day and was quite disappointing I thought and his win last time at Leicester was very impressive made all and and beat a nice flat, ex-flat horse in Humble Hero who's now trained by Dan Skelton and although he's won his two uh, races under rules I'm, I'm not sure but it's nice to see the old Aniti partnership nice to see the old colours back Yeah, are, are there any other ones at a bigger price you can make a case for James? Well, you could, you could obviously make a, a case for Ida de Gard because Champagne Platinum's held in very high regard by Nicky Henderson and he only got beat one and three quarter lengths by him at Newcastle. So a bigger price, 14 to one, uh, Ida de Gard, I think. But for me, Angel's Breath is an absolute monster. So if I was to play a try, I'm obsessed with tricasts, Angel's Breath, Thomas Darby and Ida de Gard, one, two, three for me. Yeah, there's uh, there's a few other interesting ones at a bigger price. There, Chantelouz has won twice over hurdles on his two two starts at Bangor. Uh, he's trained by Donald McCain. Fissel do nicely was behind uh, Angel's Breath at in that race at Ascot, the Kennelgate. Uh, it's a cracking little field and obvious hurdlers this though, and it, I, for me, it's just one to enjoy. Yeah, it's nice. To, it's nice to see everyone running all their best horses against each other in the novices trial rather than waiting for. The, the big supreme novice hurdle at Cheltenham. Also, there's a question mark with Thomas Darby. Is two mile too sharp for him? Do, will he want two mile four in time or even three miles? So, Haydock's quite a sharp track. And, well, I wouldn't say sharp, but you can steal a couple of lengths going around the bend. So, uh, whether Haydock Haydock might suit him, but th- there's always the question mark. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get a much clearer picture of where we stand in terms of in terms of the supreme because he's a short six to one angel's breath now and it's 12 to one the field so if he wins this decisively he could go two to one nine to four yeah especially though in terms of the british novices i mean um, we didn't mention vision dinner when we're doing the weekend roundup he's tens for the supreme after winning his maiden and he's got a big profile at, at the weekend but yeah angel's breath wins it for you jim for me yeah I, I'm just going to sit and watch for me. I'm not going to have a bet, and I don't even want to make a selection because they're all they're a cracking group of novices, and this is the sort of thing as a racing fan, you want to see these lot sort each other out. Yeah. Who stands where in terms of being a potential top-class hurdler? At the minute, there's about four of them. If, if you were their connections, you'd have a hope that, they, that they'll make up into a champion hurdle horse. And a cracking, cracking race to watch. In prospect, uh, the next race on the card at Haydock. You're going to enjoy this name. The Unibet New One Hurdle. I've got that the wrong way around. The New One Unibet Hurdle registers the champion hurdle trial. They've given it a proper name. Well done to Unibet. Brain Power heads the market five to two. Silver Streak hundred to thirty. My head is nine to two. As is Western Rider, five to one Global Citizen, seven to one Vision to Flow. 
haven't all these horses raced against each other about 10 times already this season? Surely, yeah. Look at the international hurdle last time and the form is sort of the same there. Uh, I, for me, it's between Brain Power and Silver Street. Brain Power was very impressive when going back over hurdles from chasing last season and beat Silver Street by one and three quarter lengths and put the race to bed cosily coming up the hill. Uh, he was giving, uh, he was getting four pound off Silver Street that day, and he's giving him two. Now giving him six two, pound pull. Six pound pull uh, for one and three quarter lengths. Although I think you could, he could have won by slightly a bit further. So and I, I, I'm a big fan of Silver Street, and he's got course, dis, uh, course and distance in the. Uh, Swinton hurdle earlier on in the season. Well, right back end of last season. Back end of last ish. season. So, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Silver Streak, and I think he could reverse the placings here. Yeah, I, I like this. Again, the, 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 this is a good little test to sort out the supporting players the, in the champion hurdle. The main hurdle. English protagonists in the champion hurdle, because Ireland have got strong hand in it, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, and obviously Bouverdere and Verdana Blue are the two elite English horses. Ones in England, yeah. At the minute, it looks like, anyway. A lot of these are probably in the second grade. Well, Verdana Blue's probably closer to this level than Bouverdere, yeah. if we're perfectly honest. Not not knocking what she did at Kempton at all. But I like the rest. Mahayad coming off of the back of the... He's winning what used to be the Ladbrook. Is it the Wessex Trust Hurdle now? Yeah, something like something that. Something like that, but a big, valuable, competitive handicap at Ascot. County Hurdle winner last season could you see him making up into a fringe player for the champion hurdle you, you, you could do because he's got good Cheltenham form hasn't he and I, do, I just don't think he has the class to compete in the champion hurdle to be honest he, he, he likes to come from behind so I, he'll certainly get a strong run champion hurdle this year I think so yeah another horse I like is Global Citizen uh, I sort of wrote him off almost when he was second behind Fidux and it Fidux was obviously well handicapped that day on his first start this season, uh, at the start of this season. And then he come and won the Jerry Fielding at uh, Newbury on his second start, beating Lisp and Mont de Avoir. Uh, and then was disappointed in the Christmas hurdle, but he, he made a few blunders, hung awkwardly left, I thought. And I think he went, he was slightly too keen. So I, I'd be willing to give a horse like Global Citizen a chance and give Ben Paul in a bit of glimmer of hope as we've touched on previously. Yeah, there's there's not too much really between the protagonists in this. Western Rider was third behind Mahayed in that race at Ascot. Uh, well, he's called the incredibly imaginatively named Betfair Exchange Trophy. Well done, boys. Uh, there, there were enough level weights that day and although Western Rider will get £4 this time, has he finished... Is he the finished article yet, Jim? Is he finished improving? Western Rider's a, a really annoying horse, in my opinion, because there's parts of his form and you think he's an absolute monster. Did he not beat Lost in Translation as a novice? Or was it Lawler? I think he beat Lawler, didn't he? Like, And he was fifth behind Fiona. And there's uh, is that in the champion bumper? Yeah. A couple of years ago. And then... Like I thought he ran a very, very good race in the Supreme. I didn't expect him to even be anywhere. And then I thought going into this season, I thought he was a decent bet for the Greatwood. I thought that he was well in at the weights and could probably run a good race. And then he was just very, very disappointing. And then even last, 
two starts back at Cheltenham when he was behind Silver Streak and Brain Power. He just, I don't know. I just get the feeling that he's he doesn't want to win. I think he's he's happy to keeps finish keeps a little third. bit back for himself. Yeah, I agree, and I can't see him coming anywhere near in this for me because he's a, he's a horse who's off my tracker list. Who wins it for you then, Jim? This, this, for me, I, f- I think this is a, another really interesting race. It, there's, I said, the, the top five in the betting. There, there don't seem to be very much between many between them. For me, paper. it has to be Silver Streak, and I'd even go as far to say he's my nap this weekend. I, I'm the same. I'm not going to call him my nap, but I'd support Silver Streak over Brain Power. Silver Streak, just in terms of him being a, a little bit more of a consistent horse than Brain Power. I think Brain Power's ceiling of ability. Is higher than Silver Streaks. Whether he'll produce it consistently, I don't know. I've never quite been enamoured by Brain Power, if I'm honest. So, so both agreeing on Silver Streak. The next one then is the Peter Marsh. Uh, it's a Grade Two handicap, to be fair. It's, I mean, that that billing gives it a, a good rate as a good race. And a repu- doesn't, yeah, reputation. Doesn't, doesn't tend to be really lives up to its billing, but it's a really interesting did the race win in this, this race last year. He did, and I knew you were a massive fan after he won this race last year, and then he slightly disappointed you, to be honest. No, I don't think he, I thought he was going really well in the national when he came down. Yeah, I thought he was going really well, and I'd, I'll forgive any horse who ran in that horrible race at Haydock, that Yalarenki and Black Lion were the Absolute only two that finished bottomless ground. Yeah. I mean, I've not seen the Dutchman's not ran yet this season. I'm not sure whether he's injured or anything, but he, he, he was a really impressive winner of this last year. I uh, think this is a really hot competitive yeah, handicap. The, the, the bet for it, Ramsey's Detey, runner up in the Welsh Grand National, favourite at 5'6. Valtor, officially rated 160 <laughs> after doing what he did on his British <laughs> debut. Valtor should be running in the Gold Cup, <laughs> according to Phil. Well, it's not Phil Smith anymore, is it? No. Well, we. Curses, Phil, you've got away with it this time. <laughs> uh, the Klondike's 13 to 2, 7's 007, uh, 9's Bally Arthur and Ballydyne, 10's Robins Firth, Red Infantry, 13 is, well, 11 to 1, one of my favourites, Otago Trail, Wakanda, Captain Redbeard last year's runner up 12's, and then bigger prices, 1 for Arthur, Vierley and Rouge, Fine Rightly, Morney Wing. What a field this is. It's a is. really interesting uh, it's just group of entries. Deep and full of top class animals, and Ramsey's detail quite deser- rightly. rightly deserves to be at the top of the field with a very strong second behind Elegant Escape, who we're a big fan of, as you've heard of in previous podcasts. And I, I, I think we're, I'm going to join your David Pike's Barmy Army and join the Ramsey's detail gravy train because I, I think he's got a huge chance in this with his run last time. The only negative is he's gone up £5 for finishing second, which... Could be a slight, nah. But uh, I think David Noonan, if he gets on board, he gets on really well with the horse. Could have a really serious chance. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of horses, I could, I could horses who are in form. Yeah. In this race, Valtor won his last start. Valtor has gone up twelve pounds though, so yeah. that is the only negative with but it. But still, in in good form. Dakland Dyke won his last start. 007 won his last start. Ballyarfer and Ballydine was second on their last two, as was Red Infantry. Uh, Robin Surf won his last start, albeit over a year ago. You know, uh, Morning Wing coming off the back of winning the London National. There's a lot of form horses in this. Mm. I'd, I'd probably, 
if I'm honest, Jimbo, be keenest to side with one for Arthur. Ooh. At fourteen to one, you're a massive fan of one for Arthur. And I am, I am, but he was a horse who was making progress. We didn't when quite, he won the Grand National, yeah, we didn't quite seem to his best effect last time in the many clouds chase. Well, it, it, it got rid of Derek Fox after three fe- three I think Tom Scudamore, it was. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Derek was injured, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah, D- Derek's back on board to, uh, at Haydock, though already jocked up. He's won. He's won at Haydock, and he's won all this distance. And yeah, I could. I think he's slightly overpriced at fourteen to one. You need to stay at Haydock. Yeah, a three a three mile three miles at Haydock. It, it, it's a stamina sapping three miles, you know, and one one for Arthur David, stays really David well. David Pipe has got a very good stronghold in this race. He he likes to have winners at Haydock, and he won the Tommy Whittle last time with the Klondike, who I thought was beaten in the jumping over the last, but stayed on strongly. And I, I think it, for me, it's between Ramsey's Detai and the Klondike. Previous, uh, well, a, a horse I've had on as a Grand National prospect. On my radar for a long time, the Klondike looks like he stays forever. Not sure whether he'll find this slightly on the sharp side. You know, I'd, if if the ground came up heavy, 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 I'd be more interested in him. If I'm honest, Double uh, O Seven won last time out. Proves that he stays three miles nowadays. What do you make of him? He just outstayed Go Conquer last time at Doncaster, and I thought that was very. A very very good run. He pulled well clear of Stradina Hannah in he, in third. He did, and uh, I do think that he could have a really serious chance if he does line up. Again, d- do you think he's one that won't want it mega soft based on the fact that he's not confirmed as a horse who stays three and a half like yeah. one for half, yeah, like uh, Daklan Dyke is. I do agree with you there because he and also most of his form is on good to soft ground, and he, he won obviously won on good last time. So, yeah, I, I do agree. I, I don't think he's as stout a stayer as others, but if if he does, you could ride him quietly like they did last time at Doncaster and try and ride him for the distance. There's a horse I've, I've, I'm tempted to back for the Grand National at a massive price. Here we go. This. Red Infantry's 100 to 1 for the Grand National. I, checked, I had a look this morning in some places. I think I might play. He w- he won at Haydock early on in the season, and I was very impressed that day. He beat Alvarado and Bishop's Road, and ran a very suitable and acceptable race in the London National at Sandown. The morning wing was on a featherweight there, beating him. Yeah, one four two will get Red Infantry into the Grand National. It would have done last year. I think one four one was a cut off last year. Yeah. When when one four two should creep him in, that's what he's going to run in this off. Uh, he's my. Grand National long, long you know, long outsider. Shot, yeah. yeah, and I mean, the 100 to 1 will go if he wins this. Yeah. It'll be snapped up. I might have a bet when I get home, Jimbo. Sounds like a good idea. I might have a bet. Uh, Otego Trails finished second in this race a few years ago to Bristol, and they? He's a horse, again, I've talked about a lot. Massive fan of him. Again, it's, it's like, like I said to G- Jim earlier, for a man whose favourite sort of race, is a long-distance handicap chase. Races like the classic chase and this are what you live for. And I, I can't wait for it. If I'm honest, Jim, I'm probably going to side with one for Arthur and Red Infantry for me. But I wouldn't be surprised. There's so many horses coming into this on the back of a good spell. Yeah, and I think I'd love it if there was 
eight or nine coming to the last, all jumping in a line, and then it was just who stays the best. And hopefully Ramsey's Detai comes out on top. We've we've not talked about Valtor. Uh, what did you make of him? Thirty-three to one on British debut, and then smashed up a good field in the uh, well, if you Silver look, Cup. If at you look who he's beat, he's Jamming Masters and Benatar, uh, the last Samurai, and Thomas Patrick was even in there and Gold Present. So it's a strong field. Jamming Masters has literally just run an hour before we've recorded this and didn't jump very well and was second. And Benatar, we obviously know the profile of him with being third last year in the JLT at Cheltenham. So uh, he's got very strong form. The t- the 12, I don't like horses going up £12. I think that's a too big a penalty to Yeah, carry. I mean, if uh, winning this off a 160 horse, Valtor's a Cheltenham Gold Cup contender he's, he's off got, that. He's going to win the Cheltenham Gold Cup if he wins off 160 here. Yeah, you, you're right with that, Jim. You're right with that. Uh, but crack, cracking racing prospect. And, o- and also he's a 10-year-old, so I can't see much progression coming from him either. Do you not reckon having Henderson, you know, as a training, but it might have helped him find almost a second start to his career? Yeah, I can see where you're coming from, but when horses win uh, that by that win that easily on the debut for a trainer, I, th- there's almost a little bit of a bounce factor that hits the back of my head and think I'm not sure about him next time, and he might bounce in this possibly. Uh, we'll move down south to Ascot now after covering. Everything at Haydock. There's again two grade twos. Well, oh, the Holloway's been downgraded. Is it? it? Used to be a grade two. I'm sure of that. Uh, it's down to a grade three handicap anyway now. But there's the grade two uh, mare's hurdle, which is used to be the Warfield. The Holloway's hurdle. There's a cracking handicap chase, and of course Altior in the Clarence House. We'll start with a mare's race. Uh, Jimbo, do you have a strong opinion on this? We'll just touch on it. Not really, because culture. Uh, I think the race is between Culture de Sivilla and If You Say Run, because their form interlinks from the listed race at Kempton when Mia's Storm won back in November. And if I, if I was put at gunpoint and being told to pick a horse, I'd, I'd probably pick If You Say Run. And also interesting that Jester Jet comes back over hurdles from fences. As does Ron's dream, but yeah. I doubt she'll run. The Ida's meant to be the plan for her, but she did a cracking mare. <laughs> uh, the ne- next race is the Holloway's Hurdle. Uh, those days are gone. Heads are betting 5-2 Irish Raider Charles Burns. Won very impressively at Weatherby last week and was a bit of a handicap job, I think, because he opened up 3-1, to 100-30 in the morning and was smashed into 11-2. to two. A good old Charles Burns Oh, I've got to say, he's a wily <laughs> man, he's Charles Burns, isn't he? Running in the colours of Burns, Bloodstock Limited. Oh, oh yes. And, yeah, he's obviously well fancied for this day. But for me, he would have to step up on his run at Weatherby because he didn't win that impressively. Uh, but 5-2 to two is a bit of a short price for me. Yeah, next in the batting, 5-1 to one is Seddon. And I guess we'll have more of an idea of where Seddon stands 20 minutes earlier based on what Angel's Breath does and uh, the other horse. Ooh. Thomas Darby. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Darby, oh, whose form oh. technically links with Alexia Denutz. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of Seddon, and I do think he could still slightly be unexposed and could be thrown in at 137. Yeah, in, it, oh, yeah, opening handicap mark of 137 for him. Looks fair enough. Bally Moy's been doing a lot of winning. Four of his last five starts uh, for the... Uh, Sweden Mania team and also I think the step up in distance really suited him last time 
he'd stepped up three furlongs and he, he runs over the same distance here today. And I, I do sort of see him as a two-mile four-horse rather than a two-miler. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Jim. I can certainly give him a chance. Equus Amadeus, winner last time out for Tom Lacey. He's 7-1 to one for it. What do you make of him, James? Uh, I'm not sure. Although the farmers of his last run last time has come out to be OK at Doncaster because Cliffs, Cliffs of Dover has come out and won. But then uh, Irish Row was slightly disappointed at Musselburgh. Um, I've not really signed him with Equus Amadeus here. I, I've only got one opinion on this race. And for me, it's Seddon. This is what I don't have a mega strong opinion on this. I think 137 is a very fair mark for Seddon on his opening all the hurdles, and he could end up proving to be a lot better than that. Five to one for him could be a fair price. Charles Burns is a scary man to have a favourite for, though. You know what I mean, Jim? He is, but there's got to be some idea. Luckily, I was on last weekend at three to one, but I was impressed, but he didn't strike me as a grade three future handicap winner in in the future to be honest and uh, i do think said and this is an easier an easier grade three there's no easy grade three but this is an easier grade three for him to win i didn't realize townsend was with a uh, nick nigel twiston davis now ex rich richie horse trained by willie mullins he's now uh trained by Nigel Twiston Davis in the in the uh, blue and green Di- uh, sorry red and green Diablo clothes he used to have tricky trickster yeah yeah uh, he he's entered in this in- interesting to see to see how he fares I didn't realise he was with Twiston Davis he's now. had the two runs hasn't he with Nigel Twiston Davis so yeah yeah I, I, you never know good horses always reproduce the form so you never know yeah, uh, the Bet365 handicap chase this is a cracking race big pot up for it as well Benatar heads the market, 9-2. Jerry's back, 6s. 7s, Mr. Whitaker, 15, Mr. Medic, 15-2, I should say. Then 8s, Happy Diva, Glen Rocco. Surname, 9s, 10-1, Barlow's. What are your thoughts, Mr. Watson? Oh, uh, this is another race where I can sit and enjoy the race as it's going on because I'm a big fan of Benatar. Uh I like the idea that they're pursuing over two mile five. I, I do think that's... This is his trip. Th- that's his trip. I, d- I think that's three miles. It stretches him too much. I was very impressed with Jerry's back when he won and surprised the field at Bangor and then was second and ran a perfectly acceptable race behind Vindication. Mr. Whitsker, I backed him last year at Cheltenham in the Close Brothers, won impressively on his debut and sort of found... Baron Alco and Fraud and too good in the Bet Victor Gold Cup earlier on in the season. No shame in that though. No shame in that form. Mr. Medic was looking like he was going to run a really big race in the Caspian Caviar, I thought, and he absolutely clouted the third last. Carlson distance winner at Ascot at the time before that. And He's I, the one for me in this. <laughs> I, I, I can quite easily see him running very close in this, and I'm a big fan of Robert Walford's horses, so I, I, I do think that he could have a really good chance. Yeah. Happy Diva on a good race behind ASO. Uh, on New Year's Day at Cheltenham. And ASO's obviously going to go for Ryanair now. Yeah, we okay. didn't talk about ASO in our we didn't. Christmas review. What a nightmare. We'll give him a mention here, ASO, cracking racehorse, and properly in the Ryanair mix now. Well, uh, Happy Diva, second behind him. A reproduction of that form should see you go pretty close in this. Again, really competitive little races, Jimbo. Uh are there any bigger prices you, you well, like? Well, Glenn Rocco's entered in this, but I don't think I don't he'll, think he'll I don't run. Think he'll run. Uh, at the bigger price, 
you could. It's interesting to see Bywise is in this. He ran. Up, he was. I think he would have won uh, in the veterans. Uh, yeah, I think Hubie was holding him. Good old Hubie on Deso Ball. You think? I do. And that, like uh, Evan Williams said after the race, that race could knock the stuffing out of him now that he because it it was a heavy fall, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, you never sort of know. But I think the the shorter price horses in this will be the main ones. I think I th- for me, it's between Benatar, Mister Whitaker, and Mister Medic. For me, at, at, at a bigger price, and I'm not sure whether he'll come over from Ireland. Call it magic. He's entered the Ross O'Sullivan horse. He ran a really, really good race in the Beecher. It, he didn't quite seem to stay. Yeah, surprised was me at the front end for a lot of it, and wh- whether that didn't help his chance of winning the race in the end but I thought it was a really fine performance from Call It Magic I agree back down over this trip he'd be of interest if he came in uh, Jim who wins this competitive handicap for you? Benatar I'm with Mr Medic we'll go for but again a cracking race on paper and finally the big one the grade one of the weekend is the Clarence House Chase guess who's favourite? Altio, you'd never Altio. have guessed. No, nine to two one this to win the race. Was really oh, cut up, yeah. I thought, and I'm quite disappointed. Under so fives, then Fox Norton back at eight. Diego de Charmil is twenty to one. It was only the four of the minute. He's just scared everyone off. He's going to win, isn't he? We need to call Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, Jimbo, because someone's scaring all the locals. <laughs> His name's Altior. As much as it's a cracking race. As much as Erndesaw has been beaten by Altior and he's so consistent, uh, I, I genuinely can't see Altior getting beat. Oh no, Altior won't get beat. Unless it's, he... it's, it's absolutely mad to think this is how good Altior is. That a horse a ta- as talented as Diego de Chamil, rated one five six. You know, second in the Desert Orchid last time. You know, Grade One winner. At the last season's Aintree Festival, he's twenty to one in a four-runner race. <laughs> That's Altior. A normal year, Diego de Charmil would be going off eights. Yeah, completely agree. You know, but there's nothing else we can say really apart from just enjoy him, enjoy Undersol as well. You know, he's eleven now. I'm not sure how many more seasons there is in him. Just enjoy him while he lasts as well, because he's an absolute legend. Yeah, probably my favourite horse of the past five years great to see Fox Norton back as well since his injury in the King George of 2016 now, 17 I I backed him that day and uh, in the King George the new year's confused me Jim but I can't even work out what year were two years ago 2017 2017. yeah I backed him I I was used to be a really big fan of Fox Norton Uh, I was disappointed when he got beat in the Tingle Creek by Politolog because at the time I didn't rate Politolog whatsoever so that's how times have changed and yeah all I can see I just want to watch LTR win decisively yeah very very fair comment for there this be what fences North Yorkshire Grand National a race that Sue Smith is making her own it's a fourth win on the bounce in this race for Sue Smith and a third for Danny Cook sharp response to the winner Jim Bolt do you have an eye catcher of the week for me, it's Talkie's Cheap. He won a novice's chase at Doncaster, and although there were only two runners that day, he he, he got he beat Theatre Territory uh, quite decisively, I thought. And although Theatre Territory's not from eight, 
I th- she's I, a good man. She's been, she's running all the big races, hasn't she? Hasn't she? But talk is cheap. Uh, the form lines link in with Le Bagoir and Lost in Translation, and I think this horse has got a quite a big future, and I, I do think that could be competitive in one of the races at Cheltenham. And one now have a, a double eye catch for the reap. It's sharp response again after winning the North Yorkshire Grand National. Staying is this boy's game. Yeah. We said it at the start of the season when he won up at Carlisle and he absolutely he hosed up. He could bully him in Yorkshire. Absolutely hosed up to win the North Yorkshire Grand National. I know Sue Smith absolutely farms the, that race. Uh, he's, he's untapped potential over marathon distances, I think. Uh, I know the horse Sue Smith won this race with last season was I Just Know. He's won, who she's went won the straight race for the, in the Grand last Na- four years as well yeah. now. Yeah, well, and I Just Know went straight for the Grand National. I'm not sure whether that'll be the plan for sharp response, but he's certainly a horse going the right way. A mark of 146 will get him into the Grand National. And, yeah, never looked in danger. Anything, though, like the Scottish National, if he turned up in that, I'd be well keen on as well. Sue Smith ran some good horses in that as well. Aurora's Encore, who finished second in the Scottish National en route to winning the Grand National. Sharp response. He's he's in that bracket in my man, Jim. He, if, you know, if, if, if he's entered that entry, I will be backing him. Uh, I, I think we're going to wrap it up there. I have devised as well the Turf Talk Quiz of the Year, which we'll be recording at some point uh, that, that'll be a fun little hour if, if you've got a pen and paper handy like they do on the final furlong podcast. Me and Jim will be recording that hopefully next week. Uh, been great to have you listening to us. Uh, thanks for listening. See you later. See you later.